morning, everyone. We have uh, today the first Sunday of Advent, and so we need to um, prepare everyone for some of the new additional um, activities in our worship. Uh, today, uh, we have Alice Beale singing our introit, and the, you will notice that the call to worship is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and that's in your hymnal, number nine. We're only singing the first verse. There are three in the hymnal. We are only singing the first. Okay? Then in your bulletin is an insert of a song written for the candle or Advent wreath. It uses the music of Away in the Manger and will sing one verse for each of the Sundays of Advent and then the fifth verse on Christmas Eve. Okay? So today we sing verse 1. Next Sunday we sing verse 2. The third Sunday we'll sing verse 3. The last Sunday of Advent we'll sing verse 4. And then Christmas Eve we'll sing verse 5. Okay? On the back of that you'll see your announcements for the week. So you can take that with you. Parts of the service where you see uh, the dots are places where I have parts to say, and um, I, will, I will do that. Uh, your parts are always in bold and are included in the bulletin, so if you want to follow with the liturgy of communion, you can turn in your green hymnal to page 250, which is where the text for that is found. Okay? And we are going to be singing Christmas carols during Advent this year. Okay? So you will enjoy singing Christmas carols throughout the Advent season. The Confession of Faith is going to be the Nicene Creed, and that will be on page 15 in the front of your red hymnal. Okay, and we'll use the ecumenical form of that uh, because the Reformed Church does not recognize uh, the Virgin Mary as Theotokos. Okay, so we can't use that. The Nicene Creed on page 15 of your hymnal, we'll use the ecumenical form. Okay? Let's begin with a word of prayer. As we set our hearts and minds to this Advent and Christmas season, O oh Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would give us a moment of pause in our hearts and minds to worship and to adore, to appreciate and to anticipate, to hope, to love, to have faith, to serve, and all these things to the glory of him who is our Savior. Amen.
The Savior of the world is coming. The Savior of the world is coming down. Come on, Gabriel, and go tell Mary. The Savior of the world is coming down. The Savior of the world is coming. The Savior of the world is coming down. Come on, Gabriel, and go tell Mary. The Savior of the world is coming down. And he will be king, and his kingdom will not end. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. He will come in love. And the world will never be the same. The Savior of the world is coming down. The Savior of the world is coming down. The Savior of the world is coming down. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, let us worship the Lord. This time our young people will light the first candle of the Advent wreath. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent means coming, and in this season we prepare for the coming of Christ. One of the ways we prepare for his coming is by making an Advent wreath and lighting its candles to remind us of the gifts Christ Christ brings to this world. The Advent wreath includes many symbols to help us think about Christ and his gifts. The wreath itself is in shape of a circle. A circle has no beginning and no end. This reminds us that there is no beginning and no end to God and that God's love and caring are forever. The light from the candles, which grows stronger each Sunday in Advent, reminds us Jesus is the light of the world. Today, we light the candle of hope. The people of Israel hoped in God's promises and were not disappointed. Again and again, God delivered Israel from its enemies. We, too, have the same experience of salvation. That is why we believe in God's promise to send Jesus to us once again to judge the world and establish his kingdom forever upon the earth. Hope is like a light shining in a dark place. As we look at the light of this candle, we celebrate the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the hope you've given us. We ask that as we wait for all your promises to come true and for Christ to come again, that you would remain present with us. Help us today and every day to worship you, to hear your word, and to do your will by sharing your hope with each other. We ask it in the name of the one who was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Please join me in the green hymnal on page 99 and let us join together in the Advent prayer. Together praying, Lord Jesus Christ, your world awaits you. In the longing of the persecuted for justice, in the longing of the poor for prosperity, in the longing of the privileged for riches greater than wealth, in the longing of our hearts for a better life. And in the song of your church, 
expectation is ever-present. O come, Lord, desire behind our greatest needs. O come, Lord, liberator of humanity. O come, Lord, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. It is the best of times, and it is the worst of times. But times marches on, as do we all. How we move into the future, knowing what we do of the past, is cause for us to pause and to pray. Let's pray together, then, our prayer for renewal. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, help us amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Rise up. Hear the good news. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just 
to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Know that you are forgiven in Christ and be at peace. Thanks be to God. We are called to faithful living with the words of Exodus 20, which is for us the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not testify falsely against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we come to the reading of God's word, Let us join in prayer. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in you your will discover peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
The reading is from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please turn in your green hymnal to page 199. I'm going to ask that we sing through the refrain, play through it once, and then we'll sing through it once, and then I will read the words, and we will sing the refrain wherever you see that word in the reading. Page 199. We'll have Marilyn play through it once, then we'll sing through it once, then I will begin to read, and wherever it says refrain, we will sing the refrain together. Of all the many things we do in worship, this is the oldest and most traditional piece of Reformed worship, and that is the singing of the Psalter in the worship service. I lift my soul, O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for, me, for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and decrees. Our New Testament reading comes from Luke chapter 21, verses 
25 to 36. In this passage, Jesus speaks of his coming again. Hear now the word of God. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that they catch you unexpectedly, like a trap. For it will come upon you, all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Apocalyptic literature is designed to scare the pants off of you. However, as I began to read that passage this week, sounded like it could have been the first line of an article in the newspaper about some of the folks who lived through Sandy on the beaches of New Jersey and still continue to live in fear of what will happen to them today and tomorrow and the next day. This passage causes the most difficulty for those who believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ because Jesus says in this passage very clearly that everyone who hears these words will not die before these things happen. In other words, this generation, he says, will live to see the fulfillment of this prophecy, if you will. Now remember that apocalyptic literature and apocalyptic usage of metaphors are not intended to be prophetic in the sense of telling the future. Their desire is to give a message. You can read the entire book of the book of Revelation of the St. John, and you can try to discern who's going to be the bear and who's going to be the... The, the Antichrist and who's going to, what will the sign of the, of the man 666, 666 be and all those sorts of things. But you have to remember that the original reader of that book understood exactly what the writer was saying. There was nothing difficult about the book of Revelations to the original readers. Why? Because they knew every symbol in the book. Every single symbol was something they understood in terms of their own times and their own understanding 
of reality. In this passage, when it says things like signs of the sun and the moon and the stars, are we talking about heavenly bodies? No. No, because politically in those days, the sun and the moon and the stars was a way of referring to the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was the sun. The moon were each of the patriarchies. And the stars were the many nations that were allowed to continue to exist under its auspices. These people understood the apocalyptic language of Jesus. And that is why this passage can be seen to have been fulfilled when Nero destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD. Within one generation, the entire history of Jewish worship on the face of this earth in the temple of the living God was destroyed. It was over. The Mosaic dispensation ended with the destruction of this temple. There was never to be another temple. That is devastating to the hearer who is a Jew. Imagine what is going on in the hearts and minds of this generation of Jewish believers when Jesus says to them, there will come a time when you will see everything that you've always believed will always be there is gone. So what is the message for us? What are we supposed to glean from this if this in fact has already come true, has already happened, then what are we supposed to bear from this? What are we supposed to hear when Jesus says, be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man? What is he asking? What message is for us? How much do we take for granted will always be there? I'm serious. Think about what would happen tomorrow if you woke up and found that there had been a coup in Washington, D.C. Think about what would happen if everything you have ever assumed to be real, to be steady, to be firm, to be counted on, dissipated and dis disappeared overnight. How would that stir in you fear? That is exactly what Jesus is trying to get his hearers to understand. That in the moment when even the things that you know are true and can be trusted are taken away from you, there is still one thing remaining. And that is what? Hope. Hope in the God who has made us his people. Hope in the God who will come to us, will be with us, and will stay with us through whatever happens to us. That is the gift that we receive in Christ.
As Christ's people, that gift is the gift of understanding that when everything else fails, when there is no electricity, when there is no drinkable water, when the entire structure of our life is shaken, there is one thing that will remain sure. That God will love us and provide for us and take care of us. Sometimes it will be through the help of others. Sometimes it will be supernaturally, miraculously. Sometimes it will be as the result of hard work with our own hands and our own minds and our own creative abilities. But God will take care of us. God will provide for us. This is the hope that we have. As Jesus speaks of the coming of this kingdom, the coming of man with power and great glory, we stand with our hands and our heads raised high because we believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will in fact restore us to his glory. That as God's people, we will always know who loves us and to whom we belong. And that with God, our future is as sure as anything that we know of our past. There is on YouTube a, a video talks about the lost generation. The video talks about the generation that is now of university age and a little older. And it talks about all the things that they believe. They don't assume that anything's going to be there for them anymore. They don't assume that Social Security will exist. They don't assume that they're going to ever retire. They don't even assume that there's going to be a job for them when they graduate from the university. They don't assume that anyone will take care of them. And the video is very, very drastically pessimistic as it begins. But the beauty of it is that as the video comes to a conclusion, it demonstrates how these very same young people find the resources to become the answer to their own problems. You and I live in bad times. And many Christian generations like us have lived through bad times, worse times even, and have survived because we were able and willing by faith with hope to continue to work, to serve, to worship, to love, to care, and to be for each other whatever God needed to supply. Today, I encourage each one of you and myself to see ourselves as the answer to anyone's prayer, finding opportunities every day to be of assistance, not only to the ones who are closest to us, but even to those who are far away, enabling the prayers of others to be answered through our own lives, our own gifts, our own 
generosity of our life energy, of our finances, of our physical possessions, whatever it may be. Being the answer to the prayers that people have makes us part of the hope. The hope that knows no end, that knows no conclusion except the presence and the justice and the mercy and the love of the eternal God. Let's pray. As we celebrate your coming, we ask, O Lord, that you will make us very aware of how you have come to us, how you have prepared us for this time. And as we prepare the way for the celebration of your first coming, give to us, O Lord, the hope of seeing your second coming come true in our own lifetime. In the newness of life and the coming of your kingdom, may we begin to realize the fulfillment of these words. For we ask it in Jesus Christ, our Lord and coming Savior. Amen. Please remain standing and join me on page 15 of the Red Hymnal, using the words of the Nicene Creed. And today we're going to do something just a little different. Wherever you see the word believe, I want you to put in the real translation of the Greek word, trust. Instead of the word believe, I want you to say the word trust. Okay? Together using the ecumenical form at the bottom of page 15. Let's confess together. We trust in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We trust in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We trust in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We trust in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
seated. God in his great glory and goodness has given to us great abundance, and we return a portion of that in our tithes and offerings and gifts this day. seated. Please join me in your bulletin as we begin the liturgy of the Holy Communion. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, of communion, and of hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken by God. We come to have communion with this same Christ who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as a true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto eternal life. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as a vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and foretaste of the feast of love of which we shall partake when his kingdom has fully come. We shall behold him, made like unto him in his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, Christ has obtained for us the life-giving spirit who unites us all in one body, so are we to receive this supper in true love, mindful of the communion of saints. All those who are baptized into Christ and who confess Jesus Christ as Lord are welcome at this table. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all is now ready. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Holy and right it is in our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord our Creator, almighty and everlasting God. You created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all the plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence. But you have shown us the fullness of your love in sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal Word, made flesh for us and for our salvation. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose coming opened to us the way of salvation 
and whose triumphant return we eagerly await. With your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name. Most righteous God, we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his coming again, we offer ourselves to you as holy and living sacrifices. Together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so... Come, Lord Jesus. As we come to the distribution of the elements, I remind you that the outside circle is grape juice and the inside circle is wine. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In like manner, he took the cup and said, This cup is the the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. The bread which we eat is the communion of the body of Christ. Take and eat it unto the salvation of your soul. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take and drink it unto the salvation of your soul. Please join me in the thanksgiving after communion. Brothers and sisters, since the Lord has now fed us at his table, let us praise God's holy name with heartfelt thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquity, who redeems your life from the pit, The Lord is merciful and gracious. He does not deal with us according to our sins. For as the heavens are high above the earth, as far as the east is from the west, as a father has compassion for his children, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. 
and will also give us all things with him. Therefore, my mouth and my heart shall be praise of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Amen. We invite everyone, of course, to join us after the service today for coffee hour in the lounge. We want to, rec- uh, to remind you that this is stewardship season, so we begin today with the collection of loose change that will proceed throughout Advent um, in reminding us that December 9 is Stewardship Sunday, at which time we would like you to return uh, your pledge cards for the coming calendar year's budget. The work of the church is a priority for us, of course, as the body of Christ, and we ask that you would pray about and continue to give as God prospers you. Are there any other announcements that did not make the bulletin that you would like to share? Yes, Victoria. Did everybody hear that? No. Victoria, let's try it one more time. Nice and loud. Yeah. Come on up here. Yeah, this is very important. It's a, it's, a, it's a youth group activity that we want the, everyone to support. So I think the mic is still on. Okay, sorry about that. So the youth group is having a dance video game marathon. It'll be eight hours long next week on Sunday, right after church. Uh, we're trying to raise cans of meat for the food pantry during this, and we're hoping to get eight cans for every person who's participating. So if you feel like you can help out, if you could bring a can of tuna fish or spam or something. That'd be great. I'll be here to collect everything. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let us go to prayer. I'm going to give you a time of quiet in the prayer to raise up the names of those you would like to remember. Uh, So please be uh, mindful of that time, okay? Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for the communion of your body and blood in Christ our Lord. We thank you for your spirit who brings to us the needs as well as the blessings that are ours in Christ and the needs of others as we begin to look at the Christmas season and the giving and exchanging of gifts. We ask, O Lord, that we would find ways to share ourselves with each other. We praise and thank you, O Lord, this morning for the way you have provided for us as a congregation. But we also remember there are many today who still go hungry, who still go without shelter, who still go without water and security. And we ask, Lord God, that you would continue to watch over and care for these, your people. We pray, O Lord, for the violence and the unrest in the Middle East and pray for resolution. We ask, O Lord, for those who cannot and will not find this season the joy or the happiness or the excitement of the holiday, that you would comfort and sustain them, supply their need to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We pray this morning, O Lord, for those who are near and dear to us. We ask that you would hear our petitions on their behalf and that you would supply their every need through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray specifically for, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We join together in praying as you have taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Joining with us after the service in coffee hour, we invite everyone to come, and we close with hymn number 23, Angels We Have Heard on High. have enjoyed the first Sunday of Advent in a sanctuary that smells beautiful, looks pretty, and I want to say thank you to everyone who made this space what it is today for our worship. Uh, Those of you who were here yesterday to help decorate, would you just raise your hands or let us know who you were so we know who to thank, okay? Thank you so much. Everyone who contributed, please, okay? It's a wonderful time of year, and we're very, very pleased to have a sanctuary that smells of the season. Okay? Now we go from this place bringing hope to the world because Jesus Christ lives in us and through us and in the world by the works of our hands and our hearts. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with us now until Christ returns in glory and then forever and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.